Hello and welcome back to another edition of Radcast. Uh, this is the first episode we're recording since we returned from ECR, which was a really fun and productive trip, and we hope you all enjoyed the interviews we recorded there. Now, if you've been keeping an eye on our Instagram, you'll know that another person we bumped into in Vienna was Philip Ward, who is actually a journalist and the current editor-in-chief of Ant Mini Europe, which is the largest radiology community website in the world. It just so happens that Philip lives down the road from us um, near Chester, so we thought it was too good an opportunity not to take a trip over and speak to him about his experiences of covering radiology in the media for the last 30 years. It also happens to be Philip's birthday today, so happy birthday, Philip. <laughs> happy birthday. <laughs> Thank um, you, that's a pleasure. Yeah. I, I know it seems a bit mean grilling him on his birthday, but we did give him a choice, and he said he was perfectly happy to do the interview today, so just for the record. <laughs> it's a birthday to remember, definitely. To meet two young radiologists okay, at the start of their careers, it's a, a pleasure to meet them, definitely. Thank you. So uh, today we're going to hear a bit about his career. Uh, we're going to discuss how radiology, and particularly the media coverage of radiology, has changed over that time, and also find out what RSNA was like back in 1990. So over to you now, Philip. Um, we'll start by asking you, how did you get involved in covering radiology? Because it's a bit of a peculiar niche, isn't it? Well, I think the first thing is it, it probably isn't a niche. Right. It's the hub of a hospital, and, and <laughs> image, imaging and radiology, it really is at the centre of patient care. So it, it probably isn't a niche, but yes, in terms of publishing, you're exactly right. It is quite an unusual area, and there aren't too many radiology journalists. But it all started for me back in 1990, when I was working for a, a general medical publisher. Someone had to go to RSNA. And I thought Chicago in November, not a bad place to go. I'll go and investigate. <laughs> and um, I must admit, it, I was really hooked from the start. Just to see the size and the scale of the event. Um, there were over 40,000 delegates there in 1990. And just to experience the desire for knowledge and the thirst for scientific breakthroughs and advances. And the, the very glitzy equipment as well, the... The trade show was, was phenomenal at that point. Um, the companies had a very high profile, and, and that was, I was like a child in a sweet shop. Um, <laughs> it really was a, a total eye-opener. And I think that's, to be honest, what got, got me hooked on radiology as a topic. Um, and so since then, what other radiology publications have you worked for? So I worked for Diagnostic Imaging from 1993. I joined them in 93. The first assignment they gave me was to look into the Nobel Prize for clinical MRI. So at that point in 1993, it was really just talk of a, of a fit for a pub that who might win this um, imaginary prize for MRI. Um, there were several candidates. I had to interview them all. I did it by phone and fax. There wasn't, <laughs> simply wasn't email in those days. It was only just coming together. Um, so I had to get Paul Lotterber in the States on the phone, um, Raymond Damadian in New York, um, Sir Peter Mansfield in Nottingham wouldn't be interviewed because he said my article would be negative and destructive for radiology. Oh, wow. um, he died last year, so I shouldn't speak ill of him. But he, in the end, did share the prize for no the Nobel um, in 2003 with Paul Lotterber. But I think that's what's excited me as a journalist, that following through an issue, it was a very lively issue throughout the 90s, when it's eventually awarded in 03, it created huge controversy. Mm. Um, we had on our cover, um, Nobel mistake, <laughs> question mark, because 
people thought Raymond Damadian in New York, he created the first MRI image of a human being, he was surely entitled to a share of the prize. Mm. He didn't get it, largely because he campaigned very aggressively for that prize. He involved various lawyers, he bombarded the judges with huge faxes. Um, (laughs) I was lucky enough to go to the Karolinska Institute and interview the judging panel for that prize, and I was able to follow that through right until about 05, 06, when the controversy finally died down. So is that one of your career highlights, you'd say? It is. I mean, another one I would say very much has been ECR. Uh, I was lucky enough to be following our RSNA in 1990. I attended the first ECR in 1991 in Vienna, mm-hmm. and it, it's just phenomenal the way it's grown. In the, the first one, there were less than 4,000 delegates. It was very, very fragmented, People were wandering around. It's a very difficult building to navigate. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you saw realize. that. You saw that in Vienna yourself. That's why it's, I didn't end up not going to anything. I couldn't find anything. By yeah. the time I arrived somewhere, it was finished. It was time to go somewhere else. Well, now there's proper signage, but in yeah, 1991 there were no signs. Yeah. They just gave you a map of registration, and you had to find your way. And so, so it was really difficult. What did you think to the congress this year? The scale of it is just phenomenal. Over 23,000 on site. That logistically makes things quite difficult but generally I think I think really positive really striking that that grand opening was just something else the, I didn't go to that was what was the images of the whale on the ceiling the f- incredible presentation of it the the music the way it was choreographed it, it was proper theater yeah, it mean, was it was theater and it was a show and that's Transcending a scientific meeting, isn't it? Yeah, it's you do feel you feel like you're at an award ceremony. I remember I was in the lobby and I saw the um, ECR president walking through. I think it was um, Dr. Dirtu, an, an Italian guy, and there were loads of delegates going up to him and taking pictures, selfies with him with their flags. And he'd like stop and take a picture and then walk another five yards and somewhere else to take a picture with their Japanese flag or their Israeli flag. And it was, yeah, it's it like a celebrity. Well, that's wonder. I mean, that's proper international. Mm. And, th- and that's the strength of ECR, I think, that it shows different nationalities, different subspecialties coming together and really um, interacting and really communicating. And that, I think, it sh- does show Europe at its best. So... Has your involvement with radiology in the media taken you to any interesting places? Yeah, I've been quite lucky that I've uh, radiologists have conferences in great locations. So <laughs> I have been lucky to go to um, China, to Delhi and in India, um, Malaysia, throughout Europe. One of the sort of big events for me, if you like, was in the late 90s in, when the Kosovo War was at its height in 98 and 9. And there was a Albanian radiologist who I knew who was delivering care on the border with Albania. Refugees came in their hundreds of thousands to um, escape war and to escape conflict. And Max Chella, the radiologist in uh, in Tirana, Albania, was delivering care on the border to refugees. So he was giving out blankets, he was giving food, he was there with a lot of other radiologists. And I think that just shows the compassion and the care that's that's built into radiologists as as, as such. And I think that as a, as a, <laughs> it's not something we're renowned for. Really. It's nice <laughs> well, I, I think there, there is this reputation of being dark backroom workers and and yes, some work has to be done with that. But I I haven't met many of those. I haven't met many dull radiologists. I really haven't. <laughs> 
But I, was, I did run a campaign during the <clears throat> Kosovo War to raise money for Max Scheller and was able to raise tens of thousands of pounds wow. that we sent to Max Scheller and he was able to expand his, his care and his network. So being able to make a difference like that to people's lives... I'm a journalist, I'm not a doctor with, with lives in my hands, but I can make a difference by things like that, by covering big events, whether it's war, whether it's a sporting event, whether it's, it, it's any big event, I, I would look to cover it as a journalist. Okay. Um, is radiology unique in terms of its interest to the media? Are, can you do the equivalent things in surgery? Are there surgical journalists or... Gosh, I, it, that's difficult for me to answer because I, I've been very focused on radiology during my career. And it, I mean, yes, there are general, definitely a lot of general medical journalists. Right. There aren't many radiology journalists. There's probably a handful um, in Europe. There's, there's 10 or 10 to 20 in the US. But I think it's a, just a great field to cover. It's about ethics. It's about technology. It's about patient care and an interaction with other disciplines. I think it's about politics, it's about money, it's, it's about some um, social side morality, and that, that's what I enjoy about it. So when you were at uh, ECI, you recorded a lot of material. Um, what was the most popular piece that you put online? It was an interview about gadolinium safety, the safety of, of MRI contrast agents. That's surprising. I don't know why that would be so interesting. I think... It's sort of if you're if you're involved in MRI, you've got to know what you're giving the patient. And uh, the other aspect of it, I think, that was quite new this year is what do you tell the patient? Because yeah, you can't say it's harmless anymore, can you? you yeah, you can't strictly. Yeah. I mean, the the, been... the risk is very low, mm. of course. It's 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 tiny, but there is some risk, and you have to, as a doctor, convey that to a patient. And I think that's where a website like ours, like Art Mini Europe, would have a role because we can try to look through the hype, we can give practical advice, we know who the, the experts are, and that, that's sort of where we, where we can help bring a bit of clarity and a, bring a bit of truth. So obviously you're not um, a medical professional, um, but you work for Art Mini Europe. Do you have radiologists informing you, or is it mainly just journalists? We have an editorial board, so we have editorial advisors, um, there's 28 of them, from a di- range of different European countries. Having said that, we're our core staff are editors. Um, we have an editorial office in San Francisco. We have. Do you get to go there much? I've been once. Oh. I've been <laughs> once. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a great city. That was a pleasure to do. Um, Brian Casey is our group editor, so he is based in San Francisco with his team. I interact with them every day by email, by phone, by FaceTime. Um, that's the beauty of technology that you can be very spread now yeah yeah, um, definitely our associate editor Frances Rylands Monk is in northern France she used to work with me in, in Chester in my office um, that was in 1997 here where yeah. I was saying <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, but now she's in northern France um, she has a very busy life but she's a brilliant writer on radiology so that's the beauty that a, an organisation can now be, be quite spread we're not yeah. having to be in a fixed editorial newsroom. Yeah, you're still very connected. Yeah. And do you find uh, that you get many patients or just members of the general public interacting with Ant Mini? I do get quite a lot of email, particularly from people who've 
been given gadolinium and who, who, are, who, are, who, are, fear, well, who are fearful of the, the effects on them. Uh, I have to be truthful that I can't answer those questions. I'm not qualified to do so. It would be dangerous for me to do it. There are also patient groups that we're involved with. The ESR, the European Society of Radiology, has a patient um, panel and we've interviewed those representatives. Um, that probably is the area that we'd, mm-hmm. we'd get involved with patients in. Okay. I mean, it's often a criticism which is um, directed at radiologists that we don't do enough to interact with the outside world to um, let them know exactly what, what we do. Do you think that's justified, that criticism? Do you think we do enough to interact with the outside world? I think there's been a huge change there, a very positive change. This first came up as an issue in the late 90s, and ECR one year set up an exhibit which was a life-sized radiology department with an MRI scanner, with the various areas you go through. As a delegate, you had to get gowned up and be a patient. Oh, wow. It was, it was a phenomenal success. Hundreds of people got through it. Some of the radiologists couldn't cope. Right. They'd never thought of the patient's perspective. Mm. Yeah, you can see two, that in some two, of the Two people had panic attacks when they when they were told to get on the scanner, they and they went down a tunnel. The noises they were completely phased by this and they couldn't cope. And I don't know. Have you ever been in a in a scanner yourselves? I have been in an MRI scanner. Yeah, it's um, it's not as easy as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, quite it's, hard. You should lie there, surely. It's quite a, a bizarre environment to be in, and it's, it is very loud. And also, um, it was my wrist that was being scanned, and it got really hot. <laughs> Which was not something that I was expecting. not warn you that was going to be the case. You've done no, physics, you yeah, should know it gets hot. That's like basics. Yeah, but to experience it is very different to just right, you know, okay. read about it in a textbook and <laughs> knowing why that happens. I think that's exactly right, and yeah. that, that was, is why that exhibit is stuck in my it was a Scandinavian exhibit it was called The Patient Is Not A Thing mm. and what a powerful title yeah definitely that there is a person behind that image mm. and I think maybe 20 years ago people were not so aware of that as they are now I think now radiology has changed very very positively during yeah. my career and, and I've, I've definitely seen that that there is that connection with the patient that probably wasn't there 20 years ago mm. but it's so important to keep it going yeah, Definitely. I think I think it's come about through necessity, really. I think um, radiologists realise they have to up their game from that point of view in order to continue. It's one of the ways that you um, show that you're adding value um, is by interacting with patients and patients knowing what you're doing. So, um, at the end of the day, you are still a doctor. Yeah, you've gone through the same training as as everybody else in medical mm-hmm. school and had to do the same basic stuff then after graduating. And it's important to remember that your role isn't just to report yeah, you are there as, exactly. a, as a medical professional. And it makes yeah. you a better radiologist being a, a proper doctor. Yeah. yeah. Well, the RSNA had a campaign several years ago about five patient interactions per day. Mm. So radiologists were urged to speak and to communicate directly with five people every day, which doesn't sound a lot, but probably when you've got a huge backlog of scans to report, you've got pressures mm. on you, you've got productivity yeah. uh, measures to meet. To actually leave your room and to visit five people is probably yeah. quite a big effort, but mm. that was a, a really good campaign, I think. So you mentioned one of the benefits about the move towards sort of dig- digital technology is that you can 
be in different places to your colleagues. So you have colleagues who work in France, you have your, one of your editors in San Francisco. Or So how has the move towards digital media been from someone who's been working in the media during that time? Has it been a difficult transition? I think in spite of that, technology, the advantages and benefits that brings, you still have to have the face-to-face interaction Mm. and all that goes with that. You need to get together in Vienna, you need to, whether it's to go to a a good Irish pub or (laughs) or a a football match or um, the ECR party on the Saturday night, that was really good this year, I've got to admit. That was was tremendous. (laughs) The DJs they have at that event, very, very good. And that binds you together, even if you don't then see your colleagues for six months, a year, that time that you've had together, those few days, that's why they're so important. Right. And I'm sure yeah. it's the same in a clinical team. You you need to have things that bind you, that give you that yeah. common ground and that a little bit of humour. Mm. Yeah. People forget that in their life. We need that entertainment value. We need that interaction and, and that um, human contact. So do you try to bring some entertainment value into your publications very much very much yeah i mean that that's usually in the form of columnists of people with a quite a an interesting perspective on life there's um many of you would know dr paul mccubrey in bristol in southmead who's been a regular blogger and he's been a columnist for aunt mini europe since we began in 2011 at ecr um he he's got a very interesting take on radiology and a very impressive one. He's done a hundred golden rules of radiology, which we've published over the years, and he just completed at the end of last year. That that's been one of our most successful oh. articles in the last six seven what, years. What are they like? I've not come across that. Give us a flavour. Rule number one: They're they're pretty. Um, Don't talk about radiology. Pretty direct. <laughs> they, he's he's got quite a wry sense of humour. He's um he's got. Possibly a little bit of cynicism in there as well, um, but he really tells it straight, and I think that's what people appreciate. Mm-hmm. Think basic things like um, dress suitably. You know, don't don't wear dirty ripped jeans if you're if you're in a, if you're in a clinic. Um, that's not really radiology rules. That's just it's it's rule for life. Yeah. yeah. Another thing he one one thing he campaigns for is to paint floors white. That that apparently has a big impacts on productivity to have white floors right interesting he also is a great fan of good coffee okay yeah he believes that to to function controversial to function in life and this is often not appreciated in a a radiology department you need a good coffee machine you've got to have that If, if it's just a kettle and cheap instant coffee people aren't going to appreciate that you're not going to get the best out of them so that's the sort of thing, the practical tips like that, that we would pick up on as journalists to present to people. How about working standing up the Japanese way? Is that, is that one of the rules? I do it myself. Yeah, because that's I, something that people I say. Have, I moved to a standing desk last year, mm. and I've got to admit, I feel a lot better for it. Really? I do, you, you're more on your toes, you're more agile. I haven't gone as far as, you know, some people in Finland... Um, report on a treadmill. <laughs> this has been done in Scandinavia. Uh, yeah, they're, they're very advanced, aren't they? We'll get there. So yeah, not I'm not sure I'd go that far and, and write articles on a treadmill. I don't feel the desperate need to do that. Yeah. <laughs> One of the consultants uh, in Liverpool reports on a uh, Swiss ball. You know, yeah, bounces yeah, like, uh, reporting. Yeah, yeah. Right, it's, um, the posture. Mm. Mm. Does it improve 
the ability to report. I mean, her reports are quite good. So think, yeah, 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 very detailed. I suppose it's what works for you, isn't yeah. it? That's the main. That's the main thing. But we would we would try to bring those those sort of lessons built up over years by respected people who who tell it straight. Right. Um, so. The field of radiology is fertile territory for technological advancement. So, I mean, what's hot in radiology at the moment? What what gets you as a journalist excited? I think it's it is the excitement of looking for that next big story. Okay. It's probably AIs on everyone's lips. Artificial right. intelligence that was the big buzz at ECR. I mean, there's some doubt that this is will really have a huge impact. But will it will it replace radiologists in mm. years to come? And how long will it take for something like a really complex parametric MRI scan to be, for the algorithms to be developed and for AI to be able to do that? Mm. Mm. Five, 10 years, 15? That's, that's the say. interesting yeah. thing about developing those algorithms. And it's, I think as well about the personalities behind AI, there are a lot of companies there that are presenting solutions, some of which don't actually exist yet. Yeah. And it's the emperor's new clothes. It's it's whether it's what will be the big and mm. that as a journalist that excites me about trying to look behind the hype and, yeah. and see. Mm. I think that's there is a lot of hype. It's very easy to get drawn in by the hype and all of the shiny expos and everything, but there's not much actually being done in clinical practice being applied to real cases yet so it's very difficult to predict well that is um, the next step isn't it yeah. it's, it's one thing developing an algorithm based on a library of images that you've been given yeah. from a hospital but then to actually integrate that into a screening program or you know other clinical scenarios mm. and then the practicalities behind that and the actual benefit then to the patient that's what still needs to be exactly, decided yeah yeah I mean, you've you've been around for multiple new ways of, ways of technology, new CT technology, MRI, um, PAC systems. Have they generated as much hype? Like when MRI came out, were, were people like, this is going to change the world? Or is AI unique in the amount of hype that's being generated? It isn't unique. And okay. I think MRI had that similar feel about it, mm, during, okay. certainly during the 90s when it was, mm. when it was evolving very, very fast. Um, so it, it, it isn't entirely new. But it's important to have the context and the historical perspective and, as well, look to the future because the future is exciting. Mm-hmm. It's got to get our, float our boat and it's got to get us up in the morning and get us to our desks. And um, I think it's important to be positive and to look for those new developments. Um, what else are you interested in for the future? Well, a personal interest of mine is sports imaging. Right, Okay. We get a lot of hits on sports, right. sporting of imaging of sporting events. London 2012, I was lucky to be the first medical journalist to look around the Olympic Village. Oh. So I saw the radiologists and radiographers being trained for the Olympics. That was a real privilege. And the stories about how imaging was organised and conducted during the Games, that, those were our biggest hits for many, many years, certainly mm. throughout 2012, those... So that sports I, I love personally, and that, that would excite me. Um, and just delivering real-time imaging at a tennis tournament. Mm. We had an interview with, from ECR with um, Dr. Kasadjian, um, who does the imaging at the Madrid Open Tennis. And he is there at the court for two weeks. He's a sports radiologist, MSK specialist. He's got ultrasound, 
encored if Federer or Nadal have a, have some terrible injury. He's right there, oh, wow. real time imaging, speaking to the coaches, and that that's the side of radiology. Yeah. I think it's On people think it's all the, yeah. it's all behind the scenes, right. and yes, a lot of it is, but but a lot of it is is right in the yeah. hub. It's yeah. it's it's right there. Yeah. You on on the sort of the tagline for Art Mini Europe. It said it's a radiology community website. So what is a community website? Is there a community feel to it? Do you encourage interaction between radiologists? We do. We have forums. Right. So if you've got if you want to react to an article, if there's something in there you disagree with or you want to to respond to, you leave comments on on the forums. Those those have been red hot right. in the last year. We published something last year. It was presented more as a question. Can radiographers read chest x-rays? Controversial. Do they have the background? Do they have the skills? That, that got a huge response. Our, our wow. forums were red hot with that, and that got thousands of views. It's very different from one country to the next, isn't it? Here... Um, in my entire training, I'm used to seeing reporting radiographers, and so I just take it for granted that they can. But in Europe, in a lot of places, they don't report um, X-rays, do they? It's in a lot of countries. It's a turf issue as well yeah. mm. that radiologists want to hold on to work that that makes them a good deal of money that yeah. that, bring, that brings them <laughs> bread and butter. Mm-hmm. So there is that aspect, but I, I think generally the feeling was that as long as radiographers are trained. In the UK, certainly, there is a more of a history, more of a structure for training and for organisation, and radiographers are much more used to this this role, and provided that training is well organised and well structured, I think things are okay. So, as a journalist, what has kept you hooked on radiology for all these years? I think it's radiology is primarily about people, and it's really the characters that have kept me hooked. The, the colourful individuals, the opinions, the um the extroverts, they they are the ones that have kept me kept me hooked. Yeah, they're I mean, an eccentric pe- bunch, aren't they? Yeah. They they are. People like there's there's a um radiologist in Hamburg who died last year, um Herman Vogel, who does imaging of, of torture and violence. <laughs> wow. And niche. The, yeah. the, he he has been through to all the hot spots in the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he has and, and he's written books on it. And just the fact that there are individuals like him um, says a lot for the profession that that he's been able to thrive and and find an area that he's really really good at. Mm. <laughs> That's it. I'm, it's good. Someone's got to cover it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, these people but need he, imaging, don't they? Yeah. I think another thing that's kept me hooked is the drama involved in radiology. The money, the power struggles within hospitals, the interaction with other specialties. The, in, the interaction with patients that we've mentioned, those areas, the drama involved, the conflicts sometimes um, <laughs> that have spilled over, that, that as a journalist keeps me interested. I think overall the subject matter as well, the fact I'm not writing about microwave ovens or um, biscuits, I'm writing about people. <laughs> I'm, write, I'm writing, you know, what, what you do every day is, is remarkable. The illnesses you're curing, the light that you shed on people's lives to make them better. I must admit, as a journalist, I'm sometimes glad I can just leave my job behind. You you have people's lives in your hands. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why, why I respect radiologists as a group. Thank you very much. Thank you. 
So thanks a lot for taking the time to speak to us this evening, um, Philip. Um, it's been really interesting to gain an insight from someone who's covered the specialty from a different perspective throughout these years. And it's also been quite refreshing to hear someone speak about the specialty with such enthusiasm, because um, it makes you think that maybe what we do is actually interesting. Um, <laughs> and you don't normally get that perspective from someone. So yeah, thanks for that. Um, so we look forward to seeing what Art Mini Europe has to offer or has in store for the future. And who knows, maybe we can try and arrange some sort of collaboration. Watch this space. That would be wonderful. And I've thoroughly enjoyed chatting with you. Right, thank you very thanks much. very much. And hopefully everyone will sign up now for Art Mini Europe. <laughs> yes, yes. And subscribe to Radcast. <laughs> <laughs> so um, as usual, all of our previous episodes are available on various platforms and at anchor.fm forward slash Radcast. And for more updates in the meantime, you can check out our social media channels at Radcast Podcast on Twitter and rad.cast on Instagram. So happy birthday again, Philip. Happy birthday. Thank you very much. It's been a birthday to remember. It's, it's been tremendous. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Bye. Bye.